Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the fourth episode of the Hardline Sports Talk. I am Michael. I'm alongside me with JM. JM, how you doing today? Doing well. A little late here. Um, we have a lot to get off our chest tonight. We got some NBA news quick. We're also going to dive into the Mets and the Yankees, and I'm sure we will. Um, I think we're both upset, right? Yeah, I have a lot to say about that. Uh, we have a list tonight. Of course, worst fan bases in the three major sports, NFL, NBA, and MLB. And, of course, the draft is a week away. We're going to get to that in a little bit, Giants and Jets. And, of course, save it or hate it later on. So let's jump right into it. The Knicks here with a big win tonight. Literally just won like two minutes ago uh, from when we're recording right now. Really, really good game to watch. Um, Most important game the Knicks have played in a really long time, which is saying something. Uh, if you would have told me in on April 21st that the Yankees would have the worst record in the American League and the Knicks would be contending for the four seed, I'd say, what are you smoking and get me some of that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I can't, the Knicks are the only thing I guess kind of keeping me alive right now with the Yankees. I can't, you know, I, w- I want to, as I say a lot, kill myself of what I'm seeing with the Yankees recently. <laughs> But the Knicks are, are keeping me from doing it, so that's good. You know, the Knicks started off, you know, well. They were surprising. Randall got off to a great start. But the first half of the season, you can kind of look at that schedule and say, well, it was soft. And the second half of the schedule was they brutal. Like, a lot of people were saying that, like, oh, second half, let's see what happens. The Knicks are playing a lot of bad, a lot of good teams. Right, and people said, oh, they're going to they're gonna fall off, but – they should float around yeah. a seven or eight is it, seed. Is it true that this is the longest winning streak out of any team in the NBA this year? I think this year it has been. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm very games. surprised by that. There's usually one of those teams that, like, you know, one of the great teams that will go on a 12, 13 game win streak. I'm very surprised by that. And it yeah, was but seven did it right. Now it's eight. So it's, seven. They had it at seven. They had it at seven. There's no real crazy record, you know. Like there's yeah. no like. I mean, the Jazz are 43 and 15. But. Yeah. You know. their, their upcoming schedule isn't even bad. They're playing the Raptors, who are not the normal Raptors this year. Um, and then the Suns, that's that's going to be a big test. They're, they're playing at home. so The Suns are really good. The Suns are very good. The Suns are 41-16. Yeah. That, I, I, I thought they would be good. That's crazy. That good. Well, remember what they did in the bubble last year? Yeah. They went undefeated. And then they had Chris Ball. Chris Ball's just Chris so Ball's easy great. to play with. He really is. So... So what I was saying before, people kind of thought, well, you, you'll see them in the first half. Like, yeah, they look good, but the second half is going to be a test, and they've answered the bell. They've beaten some good teams, and they've played, especially the Nets. I mean, they're like a stingy team that you kind of just don't want to see in the playoffs because they exactly. play hard, they play great defense, and if they're shooting like kind of like how they were tonight a little bit, they're they're a tough yeah, out. I really, I really hope the Knicks and the Nets meet <laughs> up in the playoffs. That would be phenomenal to watch. Um yeah, like you said, shooting wise, they I think they're the sixth best team in the league in three point percentage, which is unbelievable because they said that was supposed to be like their weak point this year. Uh, you got guys like Reggie Bullock and Alec Burks and Randall and RJ shooting better from three and quickly and like all these guys that can shoot three pointers. So it's it's obviously gone from a weakness to a strong point. It's made a big difference in the season, and obviously we know how good their defense is. The most important part I felt about this season, even when they were winning in the beginning, was the player development kind of of R.J. Barrett, and we saw Emmanuel quickly surprise us in the beginning, and even Randall's gotten better. That was the most important part, whether they make the playoffs or not. Getting these guys, 
and oh, building 100%. building a culture here for other players to say, hey, maybe, maybe we should go over there. Yeah. Tom Thibodeau, good front office. We want to go there and, and try and win this thing. And that they've really done that. They've made themselves a destination for free agents. I was just about to say that. How Think about how toxic everything was. years Like a couple of years ago when LeBron was a free agent and – and whoever was a free agent trying to get them, you know, Kyrie and KD and trying to get all these guys to come to the Knicks. And we're like, why don't these guys want to come to the Knicks? Uh, like, you know, they want to come play in New York. And then it was like, oh, well, I guess that doesn't exist anymore. They don't care. They just want to go where they can win, which is true because you can play in Madison Square Garden. And that's great and everything. But who wants to play for a team that just won 15 games and has a terrible head coach and all this stuff? So that toxic environment is now going away. We have a win. We already have a winning team. Yeah. Think about how attractive this, you know, coming to play for the Knicks is going to be. They're already talking about Zion coming to the Knicks, which is crazy. <laughs> saw that. You saw that comment he made. Yeah, but everybody says that. Yeah, they do. They do. So yeah, I'm not going to read read too far into that, but yeah, definitely we're going to see some guys either request a trade or have a lot of interest in the Knicks this offseason. I was just saying, like, Randall's like a – he's going to be like a superstar. Like He's a top 15 player, I'd say, he, right now. He's – yeah, I'd say he's he's at least top 20. I don't know. I, I It's hard to tell in the NBA because it changes all the time and there's so many good players in the league. But, yeah, he's – I mean, I don't think that's a crazy take. He was an all-star. I'd say he's a top 20 player. He's an all-star. He's top 10 in his conference, probably I, towards the bottom of the – Obviously, towards the bottom of the 10 in his conference. Um, but they're going to like have to give this guy an extension, and which a is fine. Possibly. He's like he's like 27 years old. What is he, 26, 27 years old? I think, I think 26. he's 26. Um, so, yeah, he's still got plenty of uh, basketball left in him and possibly room for even more improvement. The Knicks feel like the Nets the year before they got Kyrie and Durant. Do you remember that? The Nets kind of yeah. like they had a good – that kind was, of a good culture that they were playing well. They were a young team and they were coming together. And then Kyrie and KD were like, "Did they have D'Lo? They had D'Lo that year. They had D'Lo that right. year. Right. That was okay. So they had to get rid of D'Lo to bring in. But D'Lo wasn't the star that Randall is now. Like no, that yeah. year, Randall's playing better than D'Lo. He was, was good though. He was. Oh, he, he was, was really good that year. But yeah, he, yeah, he I wasn't think he better. was an all star. Yeah. Um. But Randall's even. He's gotten better in the second half too. Randall. Like, yes. He's he's had a better second half than he did at first. And you just brought up Randall. He, I think he's I think he's the most improved player, obviously. he should That award should go to him. I was, yeah. But I was talking today with some people. The MVP race to me is like so wide open, and, and I'm not saying he's the MVP at all. But why isn't there like a little more talk? The Knicks are the four seed in the East. Oh, Randall, yeah. They're playing very well, and yeah. he's the best player not, on the team. Not even as a – he is the – like he's not the MVP no, he's like not. you said. But from like a respect standpoint, like the Knicks – the way they've turned everything around yeah. and the way he's taking control of the team and they trust him with the ball. Like, you know, they just won. They just beat the Hawks in, like I said, their most important game in years. And Randall put up 40 points and 10 rebounds and hit clutch free throws and clutch three-pointers down the stretch. I mean, I know he just missed that buzzer beater uh, at the end of regulation, but he's not going to make every single shot. Um, yeah, I agree. I think from a respect standpoint, you got to throw the guy's name in the conversation. Like, I, th- I think it's Curry. Right now, that's who I would give the MVP to. I said a few weeks ago it was Harden before he got hurt. Yeah. And I know you disagreed with that. But I think right now it's Curry, and then it's like Jokic and Embiid. And, like, Randall's to name me, should be thrown in there. To me, it's – I don't think it's 
to, uh, I think it's Curry is the MVP, but it's not like Curry and then Jokic or Embiid. To me, it's Jokic or Curry and then Embiid. Or, like, I think Jokic is neck and neck with him. Right. If he keeps this up, Steph Curry, where he's putting up 45 a night and hitting 10 three-pointers every night, which is just unbelievable, um, then he's going to run away with it. But I was looking at his numbers this year versus that unanimous – See, or actually not the the unanimous season. I think was was it the first or the second MVP year? I thought it was the first one. It was the first one. So he didn't. Twenty fifteen. He didn't even. Yeah, he wasn't even averaging like thirty a game yet. He was yeah. just shooting. You know, he was shooting like forty five percent from three and all that stuff. But his numbers, he's he's averaging I think thirty one now on a terrible team. Like he's basically carrying the team at this point. They're five hundred in the nines. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just think his numbers are very, very comparable to that MVP season he had when they won the championship, um, his second MVP season. And I think Jokic makes a really strong case because his every single number, I think, is a career high for him right now. He's career high in points, career high in assists, career high in rebounds. He, I don't know about blocks and all his defensive statistics. I know he's a good defender too. Um, but if it's going to come down to... If people want to argue that how their team is performing, that's like BS to me because you need good players around you to play well. The Nuggets have, I mean, I know Jamal Murray just got hurt, but Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and other great players around Jokic, what do the Warriors really have right now? And, right, they have nothing. And Steph Curry is the reason they're even in contention for the playoffs. Nobody right really – but. Like, we always have the argument, like, the most valuable player. Like, okay, just because Jokic's team is, yeah. you know, the number whatever they are in the in the West, doesn't matter because if it was a valuable player, LeBron would have won how many MVPs? Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm looking at Jokic's number right now, and I haven't looked at them at all, really. This is insane. He's averaging 26 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. It's 26? Holy fuck. He's averaging a steal and a half a game and about a half a block. That's unbelievable. Wow. I didn't. I, yeah, I haven't looked at his. He's numbers like a at all. twenty per game for his career, right? Maybe a little less, like 18, nineteen. Yeah. Eighteen. Yeah. Well, well, the first couple of years, it was ten and sixteen. So the rest was twenty. Yeah, he's but having an unbelievable season. He's is, still very young too, right? What he's twenty. Twenty five. Twenty five. That's crazy. So let's go over to the other side of town with the Nets because it kind of sounds not as it's not as bright on the other side right now, and that's because James Harden, who was supposed to come back possibly this week, is no longer. He's out indefinitely. And they don't know if he'll be ready for the playoffs or not. And that's kind of a blow because, A, you want to get him playing, get him warmed up for the playoffs. But the chemistry part of it, to get him going with Durant and Kyrie, they've only played seven or eight games together. I think that's such an underrated thing. Like, I understand that they're superstars and they, they know how to score the ball, but, like, Everybody playing together, only having eight games together. It's not good. Whether it's not even if if you want to just say, oh, they're such great scorers, then whatever. What about defensively? It takes a long time for teams to develop good defensive chemistry and switches and, you know, all that good stuff. Transition defense. Uh, The Nets, maybe they can get away with it in the first round or maybe even the second. Once they get to the conference finals or even the NBA finals, I think it's going to show if they don't get on the court together pretty soon. You know, we saw the Heat when they came together. They struggled in the first half of that year. Yeah. And, again, I don't really know how much different it is, but it could it could be an issue. I think the biggest issue was Harden and Kyrie playing together. Yeah. Because you saw Durant just walk into a team like Golden State yeah. and be fine. Harden's weird, though. Because Harden can put up 
10 points and 20 assists in a night, or he'll give you 45 and 5 assists. Yeah, but he's still controlling the ball either way. Yeah, yeah. The ball's got to be in his hands. He like he like switches his playing style up all the time, which I think is just shows how good he is. But um, yeah, like we said, I don't I don't know how they're gonna really play together. And the injuries, Harden really hasn't been a guy who's prone to get injured a lot in his career. Um, but this is like a little concerning that he yeah, had a setback sure. with his hamstring, and that's like a nagging injury. A hamstring can like really mess with you for a while if it doesn't get fixed. I think a lot of it too, like with with. When they kept KD out, they kind of said, well, he could have came back like two weeks ago, but we're just being cautious. Like, when is – like, I think they're being too cautious yeah. here. Yeah. Like, why did they sit they him against – Yeah, exactly. Like, why did they sit him against Philly mm-hmm. last week? They played him – they played – the game versus Minnesota got postponed. So, it ended up being a back-to-back. You know, it was Minnesota at 4 o'clock, and the next day they were playing in Philly at night. Right. And they sat him for that game. Why sit him? Why play him in that game against Minnesota? You you would have beat him without any of your big three. You think the guy's pretty conditioned by now? He's been playing basketball for like <laughs> twelve years in the NBA. It's unbelievable. They're just they're too cocky. You're right. They, they just don't care. They, they don't are. care. They, they they don't care. When, and you know what's crazy to me? How how do you think the city of New York is gonna react? Like let's say the the Knicks lose the Knicks win a playoff series and then lose in the second round. To either the Nets or the Bucks or the Sixers or someone like that, and then the Nets win the finals. The net, the, the Knicks are still going to be the talk of the town. I think they are. They always yeah. Will but be. again, to the Net fans and to the to the you know the people that are in the organization, like they don't care. Like, oh they yeah, want no, a they don't. Yeah, if I no, if I was a Nets fan, I wouldn't be like, oh, that sucks. I don't want my team to win. Like obviously, you want your team to win. Um, but I'm just saying, like. No, you're, you're right. The whole the whole situation just like stinks to me because it's not even it's not even a jealousy thing. It's just as a fan of the game, this is doesn't even look like the Brooklyn Nets. You know what I mean? Like the head coach is Steve Nash, and then you have these three guys who just joined the team either a year or this year because they all just wanted to play together and they're superstars and they're buddies and they want to play together. But it's not like we've so, never seen this before. It's, no, I'm not. I, but that's kind of my point is this thing has just been going on for a while where all these superstars just go and form a super team and, hey, let's go try and win a championship. Um, maybe the Knicks are going to do it next year when they get some free agents. But I don't know. It, it's just – it's not fun for the game because it's like let's go ring chasing and let's all team up and blah, blah, blah. But Well – I hope some of our other teams go ring, ring chasing, like the New York Mets or the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. The Yankees lost four to one today. Yeah, against the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. How did they score last night? They scored the game-winning run so, on a wild pitch last so night. They were down one nothing. Urshela hit a home run in like the sixth solo shot. Then in the eighth, it was one one. Bases loaded, nobody out. Wild pitch. They score. So second and third. Made an out. Then they intentionally walk Stanton. So it's bases loaded. One out. Up to one. And I'm drawing a blank. How was the list? It was a wild pitch. Oh, and a walk. Okay. And they walked in the run and then whatever. Ground out or strike out. Whatever happened. So, like, they won. And I literally didn't feel good. Didn't I feel was good. like, I was like, okay, we just, like, stole a game because the Braves reliever decided to not throw a strike and throw the ball to the backstop. But, like, 
it showed today. The Yankees couldn't hit for anything. They scored one run in the bottom of the ninth, like, you know, just a cheap run yeah. and whatever. Save the, the embarrassment of a shutout. But they, they, I, I don't – like, when is this going to – when is this going to stop? Like, I'm – enough with the overreactions and, oh, it's only a little bit into – like, we're almost 20 games into the season. That's over 10% of the season. That is a big chunk of the yeah. season now. Like, okay? they got real – they got – they have more than April problems. Like, like they're a real problem. My concern too. level now, I said like a week ago, it was like a three or a four. It's like a six and a half. Right? Like I'm getting like very like almost that point where I'm like getting close to hitting that panic button because mm-hmm. we're six and eleven. We haven't had that tough of a schedule really. Like the Blue Jays are off to a slow start. The Rays just own us for whatever reason. We just can't beat the Rays. We played the Orioles. The Braves are the only, like, very good team we have played, and we played them for two games. And the Braves haven't looked great. Yeah. They're the only, like, yeah. they're better than the other teams, but I they mean, haven't looked great. I mean, listen, this isn't how the league's going to shape up. Like, you never know, but I would be very confident saying right now, the Red Sox aren't going to win the East. The Mariners aren't going to win the West. The, who else is, the Reds are leading. Yeah. The, like, all these teams that are winning their divisions right now, it's not going to happen. Ro- aren't the Royals leading the, Royals the Central? Leading yeah, the, the Central. Royals are leading the Central. So it is still early. But, like, I think at this point now I have a, a right to blow some steam off. And it's not even that they're they're playing bad. And I'm sorry if I'm, like, ranting right now. But the effort that I'm seeing on the field right now is disgusting. Like, they're not – I said to my brother, they're not even, like – it doesn't look like they're having fun. It looks like they're just, like, going to work and, like, oh, oh – my tough job. I have to play baseball today, and oh, I hope I don't have to run out a ground ball. Like Glaber Torres hits a chopper in front of the catcher, I saw this. and he's jogging to first base. They can't. They're making outs on the base pass. It's like they never played baseball before. Gary Sanchez looks like a chicken with his head cut off at first base. Like, do they just forget how to play baseball and hustle? And don't give me the whole like, oh, they need to like Glaber was saving his legs and he didn't want to like. Are you kidding? You're a professional athlete. You can't do a 90-foot sprint to first base. So you have to save your legs. Nobody nobody buys that excuse anymore. It's it's bad. And the schedule they they're going to they're going to Cleveland. They play a four-game set in Cleveland. They're going to see J, uh Shane has a great Bieber. pitching staff. There's a great pitching staff. So that's not great for the offense that can't get going. Their defense hasn't looked good, and I think this is an underrated issue. I really do. And the new wave of baseball isn't going to agree with. I'm going to say this is more of a traditionalist view, but I Aaron Boone to me seems a little bit more of their friend than their boss, yeah, I than agree. their manager. And apparently, after they lost the first game on Friday night to to the Rays, he he went in, he got into them. You know, they went closed door meeting. He nobody said anything about it, but he was ripping on them. And they come out and they lose to Tyler Last now, and right. then they ultimately lose. The next game on Sunday. So, I think I don't I don't think firing people mid year makes sense. I don't like I don't think like oh this go off bad fire him like that's not better. But I don't know if Aaron Boone's the guy, and I'm not just overreacting to a a, a slow start. I'm overreacting to just he acts like too much of their friend. I did if Buck Shaw Walter was here, do you think things like that would happen? I'm just using Bucket as exam as an example. Do you think Glaber Torres would be jogging to first base? I I think the Yankees whole philo- like I think they're like half pregnant. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to go to either side completely. Like they want to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. 
So you they get this whole like old school uh, George Steinbrenner spend a lot of money go get the big bats murderers row get these get John Carl Stan get these big power hitters, but then they want to play trying to adapt the philosophy like the Tampa Bay Rays like they have a forty million dollar payroll and get super analytical and and bat Aaron Hicks third and do it like they're they're half pregnant because they want to go spend and act like this big bad team. But then when they're actually putting the product on the field, then they want to play like a like a you know a small market team, like they're trying to squeeze everything out of what they got. I really don't understand what their philosophy is, and the I mean we've talked about the whole Aaron Hicks thing, which they're actually kind of stopping recently with batting him third. But every single day now the lineup's different. I get it. They're just trying to find something. They gotta find something. That they're works. trying to find something, but like. Oh my! Like I, I just don't. The, their highest OPS, I think, is judges is like eight forty, and everybody else is like seven something to four something. But they stopped the Hicks thing. Okay, bad Hicks seven, whatever, because that's where he belongs. They're batting. They're batting Brett Garner last night. I know. Third. I know. So like, that that's no better to me. And they their excuse, I guess, last night was Morton's great against. I mean, Gardner's great against Morton, yeah. and that's who was pitching for the Braves. But still. You can't bat him third. It's just, that would be the excuse for why he's in the lineup. Yes. I don't think you bat him third just because he's great against Charlie Morton. And and we complain we complain all the time about playing Gardner over Frazier. And that's why Yankee fans I remember Yankee fans were upset that they brought Gardner back. And I was like, eh, you know, I could I could see why they brought him back. It was cheap. He's a right. good leader he good leadership. He's been here before and they needed another outfielder. Mm-hmm. But if they were going to bring him back, and I've heard Yankee fans say, if they're going to bring him back and it's going to cause them to maybe play Frazier when he's slumping a little bit, yeah. then I don't want it. Yeah. Because you do want to see what Frazier can do. And they just they hold him back. I, I was saying it before. Somebody said on Twitter, the Mets should bench Lindor. No. Lindor, they shouldn't sit him a game. They shouldn't. Because the reason why Lindor hasn't been hitting is because he hasn't had consistent at-bats. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta play Frazier. You yeah. gotta because he's such a good hitter. He will find his way yeah. as long as you keep playing him. And the Yankees how, don't seem to do that. How bad has Lindor? I know he hit a homer today, but how bad has he? I been? mean, I'll he hasn't been numbers. like abysmal, right? No. Was no. he batting like one eighty or something I'll, like that? I'm pulling up right now. It's nothing like. So if this stretch was happening in the and the guys with a new team and a new city, and, and I'm everything. not surprised by it to yeah. be completely honest with you. Um. If this was like the middle of the year and he had a twenty game stretch like this, no one would be saying you got to bench Lindor. You right. know what I mean? So, yeah, it was give, pretty bad actually. Give the guy a little time um, to adapt to his situation. Let's see what he's got here. He's got one home run, three RBIs, batting like one eighty. Yeah. yeah. So you know, terrible start. Right. But at the same time. But but Aaron Hicks doesn't need to adapt, and, and I mean I'm not gonna rip Lemayu because he hasn't been like terrible. But Glaber Torres doesn't have to adapt. Like, these guys have been here. Yeah. And the thing that scares me as a Yankee fan is maybe last year's regular season wasn't a fluke. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Maybe that we were like, oh, it's a 60-game season. I forgot like, how bad they I were. D- I did not have a single ounce of doubt about the team coming into the season Related to last year, where I was like, oh, we looked a little shaky in the regular... Because I was like, it's a 60-game season, like, blah, blah, blah. But now that they're off this, ter- this terrible start, it's like, crap, maybe uh, maybe we weren't... We're not what we thought we were. I think a couple of uh, minds were blurry also because 
you kind of look at you looked at the AL this year and you were like, weak. The Yankees can win wow. this. This should be this should be the Yankees yeah. year, and maybe it's just maybe it's not. I mean, maybe you're right. I completely forgot that they were not great in the regular season yeah. last year. What was their record last year? I believe they were like 32 and 28 or wow. something like that. Like they were yeah. just over 500. Right, they just made the playoffs. Yeah. Well, the, well, no, I think they were the five seed and there were eight teams. But oh, yeah. at one point, it was actually the Yankees might not make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I don't know what to make of it. They were hitting last year though. Like that's what confuses me. Like they went 32 and 28. But they like were up there in home runs, up there in OPS. Like it was just their their bullpen was really bad. That was like their big weak point. And now their bullpen's like the bright spot of the team so far. The rotation's been bad outside of Cole, and we know about the lineup struggling. They're like the, they might be the worst in baseball right now. The Yankees lineup oh, is that bad. I wanted to get to their pitching, and Kluber was not great again tonight. They may. I mean, I, we were talking about it over the weekend. They they have they'll probably have to go add a pitcher and yeah. a significant at add, least one pitcher and a, like a, a top of the line yeah. type guy to go right behind Cole because you said it. Cole's been the only bright spot of this rotation, and they can't even yeah. almost like the Mets. They can't win his starts. If the Nats if the Nats aren't doing well, the Max Scherzer rumors are going to come back from a couple years ago, and they should jump all over they that should. because it'll be a rental and you give up whatever you got to give up unless it's you know like Dominguez or somebody like that. But you give up what you got to give up, and they were even saying that the Nats would just re-sign him, and he, yeah. he's a free agent. Yeah. The Nats would just re-sign him, but give up whatever you got to do because if, especially if they start playing better, and you kind of can tell, okay, they're a pitcher away. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think Kluber as your two or three is, is going to work. Ty- Tyone looked good yesterday, though, right? Yeah, he did look. So that's good. good. And, and and Tyone is it's different from Kluber because. Tyon's young and he hasn't pitched in a while. Yeah, and he's got really good stuff. You, we Same know thing that. with Kluber. He hasn't pitched in a while, so I think I kind of expect him to get to a slow start. But I'm not, you know, if it's June and the guy still isn't pitching well, I'm not going to be like, oh, we'll wait for the second half. Like, you know, he's going to have to start picking it up. soon. He has to start picking it up soon because there's also a chance that he's just done. Yeah, his control. He has, he's had a lot of injury his, issues. The the thing that encourages me is his control has been bad, which is usually a typical sign of someone who hasn't pitched in a while and is trying to get back in the groove and everything. Um, but what really concerns me is, like I said, the rotation, um, especially the back end, like Domingo Herman, I don't know what's going to be going on with him. Like I said, they sent him down, but he's still their five starter because they have a bunch of like starts they're going to skip. And then you have Davey Garcia who they haven't pulled up. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. But like you said, they're, they're going to need to have him. To make a deal at the deadline, and who knows, they might have to trade for a freaking hitter, which we which we didn't think was gonna have to happen. But maybe we need a shortstop because Labor Torres is still making a million errors and he can't hit. And I'm starting to get very worried about him. I really am. The guy's hit three home runs in his past 220 play appearances. Wow, uh, really? Yeah, and he was you know he was like a young A Rod at the beginning of his career. He was hitting 30 35 home runs at age like 21. And it's not like 22. you're and it's not like you're getting any you know help defensively from him. Because it's just been brutal there. Yeah, he's been just bad all around. And the Mets tonight, they, I mean, the game's still going on, I think. It's 11 o'clock. Oh, no, they lost 16-4. to Wow. Um, last night, they played, they lost 3-1. to And Taiwan Walker couldn't get out of the fourth inning. He walked a bunch of guys with a couple of errors. Mm-hmm. And the same thing tonight. Peterson couldn't get out of the fourth. Walks, errors, killed him. I have a clip that I'll show you later. I mean, it's just, it's brutal. 
Right. And the defense up until this point has actually been like a surprising bright spot. Yeah. They, I, they had been playing very I've well heard defensively. They've been playing very well defense. Very good defense. Before they got to Chicago and they lose 16 to 4 tonight. And it's kind of, you know, it's upsetting because Chicago hasn't played well. It would have been a nice, you know, to come here, take two out of three, and then come home for a nice weekend series right. against Washington where you're going to have Stroman and DeGrom pitch. Yeah. You know, you, you feel good about your chances of taking that series. So. Hopefully they can salvage the series tomorrow. I don't I don't know if you get this, but the Yankees, the way they're playing, like they're literally unwatchable. Like I am there is no questioning in my fandom of the Yankees. Like I'm a diehard through Yankee fan. I can't like I was watching the game tonight and I was watching for like ten minutes and I just flipped I've I flipped on the Nick game, which I was gonna watch the Nick game anyway, it's an important game, but if the Knicks weren't on, I might have watched, you know, something else. I might watch MLB Network or just something. Like, it's... Your Yankees haven't been unwatchable. No. I've had Mets teams that have been unwatchable yeah. the last 10 years. Yeah. Last night was a game where they make making errors, there's walks, and the umpires. And they were bad again tonight. And they were bad both sides. I mean, they just missing calls all over the place. Right. Where I was like, I'm not watching this game anymore. Yeah. But the Mets had opportunities last night, so I, I understand what you're saying. Where it's like, oh my god, like when the Mets weren't hitting and running with with runners in scoring position at the beginning of this year, I'm like, you can't watch yeah. it because it's just you get excited and you, but you know nothing's but gonna the, happen. This is even worse than like like when I watch the Jets, like I know the Jets are gonna suck because <laughs> they're the Jets, and I'm like, all right, I can't watch this. Like whatever, this is just like terrible to see. But it's even worse with the Yankees because it's like confusion i'm like my i can't wrap my head around it i'm like how am i watching a team that's been to the alds and cs the past four years and is the the juggernaut in the american league and is supposed to hit break chatter the home run record and, and we can't hit a home run we can't get a hit we can't score a run i'm like i literally can't wrap my head about around it and it's just like depressing like if this if this is how their season's gonna go like I don't know. You've been spoiled for a very long I have, time. I have You've been, been very spoiled as a Yankee fan. Us Mets fans, we know, we kind of know what we're gonna get. And oh, the Mets right now, man. I mean, they're they've been pitching. Other than tonight, their pitching's been phenomenal. They haven't had a game like this where yeah. they gave up. They just had. They've had a, what two bad games in a row now. The Mets. Yeah, and even I wouldn't even call it like last night. They had so many opportunities to win yeah. that game. And when you think, oh, the bullpens in the game of the fourth inning. Oh, the Mets are going to get killed. But yeah. the bullpen didn't let up a run last night. Right. Walker let up the three runs, or they were earned to him. So it's they've been getting great pitching, and they have seven wins. They're seven and six now, and they, they just can't hit. And their bats got to get going. But I, I think they do have a legitimate excuse that just the weather has not been on their side. No. And COVID's not been on their side. But and not being opponents. able to play games, right. you know, that, that, hit, that hurts the hitters a lot. Not and then gets consistent at bats. You're not getting consistent at bats. You're not playing every day, which you're used to. And then, so they have a postponement Thursday, and then Friday when they travel to Colorado for because there was a snowstorm. And then it's 30 degrees in Colorado. And then you fly to Chicago, and it's 30 degrees there. Yeah. Who the hell let the Colorado Rockies build a baseball stadium and not put a <laughs> dome on? Right. It's ape like you. It's thirty degrees. It was snowing in, today in again. April, and you play in Colorado, and like, what? It's it's gonna snow today? No, like, 
How, how does that happen? It, just, it was coming down in buckets today. You need to see, yeah. look up the video. Like, you, listen, when it snows in a, on a baseball game every once in a while, like, it's cute. Everybody's like, oh, my God, that's so cool. It's not, like, when it's six times in two weeks, <laughs> you're like, cute, okay, you're this is not cute anymore. This is stupid. <laughs> agreed. Definitely agreed. Um, all right, so we're going to take a break here, and then we're going to get to our list, the top five worst fan bases in the three major sports. The SLE Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at slepodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. And we're back. Here we're going to do our list. So the top five worst fan bases in Major League Baseball, NBA, and NFL. Not NHL. So you want to start it off or you want me to start it off? I'll go. All right. Um, start with five. All right. Number five. I knew I was going to put these this team on the list. It was just a matter of where. Uh, Seattle Seahawks fans. Yeah. Really just like, oh my God, especially on Twitter. Most of this stuff comes from Twitter because that's like the most toxic place for sports fans. But my God, Seattle Seahawks fans, um, obviously your team needs to be somewhat good for you to be annoying because what the hell are you going to talk about? Uh, but yeah, they're, my brother's a Packers fan, so they're usually going head to head in a lot of stuff. And he shows me lots of things about uh, Seahawks fans. Yeah, they're... A lot of loud mouths and oh my god they will never live down that throwing the ball at the one yard line <laughs> and that excuse comes up over and over again uh and i actually had lots of experiences with them this year because of the jamal adams trade right. and i was constantly going back and forth with them about stuff and them defending him and blah 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 so i have seattle seahawk fans as top five worst fan bases number five yeah they were six for me i had really i was i had them and then i put this team because okay. If you're a fan of this team, it's just like, it just, it feels wrong. Yeah. Unless you're from the area and you've been a t fan for a while, the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Because, like, you're a hype, you, you know, yeah. you're a front runner, yeah. you know, hype team, you know, a lot of young kids say, oh, I'm a Warriors fan, you know, mm -hmm. Seth Curry, you know. So kinda that like, I put them just I think it's pretty self explanatory. Kinda like you with your basketball yes. teams. But Michael changes what basketball team he roots for about every week. What, what is it this week? Then is it the Nets? I kinda feel like I'm right of the Knicks. Now oh now you're right the, the Knicks. The wins. Yeah. Doing well. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I'm I'm actually a LeBron fan. That that I I followed LeBron and I, I root for LeBron, but yeah, I'm just you know. I float around a little bit. So I am gonna go. I have my fourth team and you're gonna you hate this team. I put the Patriot fans, and I'm going to tell you why. Listen, you can be cocky when you win six Super Bowls in the amount of years mm -hmm. that they won. This is why they're on the list. They sold out for Tom Brady. They were loving, kissing his ass yeah. when he went to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl, and I lost all respect for that fan base when they yeah. did that because they were walking around in Tampa Bay Tom Brady jerseys yeah. while he's in the Super Bowl. Well, he left you. Yeah. Flat left you guys, and you're still rooting for mm -hmm. him? No. I lose all respect for you. I got them at four. Uh, my number four, I have Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Another, like, super toxic. Lot, great history. I don't think I've ever disliked a team as much as I dislike the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really? Like, I don't think I've ever gone from liking a team going into a season to hating them than I did with the Steelers this past season. Going into the year, I was like, 
I think they're a really underrated team. Like, the defense is phenomenal. Mike Tom is a great head coach. Look at the, some of the weapons they have. They had that 11-0 and start or whatever. And, oh, my God, were they unbearable. The fans were just all, all over. Whether it was Twitter or TikTok, whatever it was. Oh, my God, were they annoying. So, I have them four. Very spoiled fan base. Um, number three, you just said I'm New England Patriots. I had to put some Boston sports team I thought about on the Celtics. here. Um, I thought about the Celtics. Uh, didn't really think that much about the Red Sox just because I didn't want to go Yankee boy on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you said, sold out with Tom Brady. And you know what I could not stand? They were, like, playing the victim. And they were, like, turning on Belichick and all this, like, oh, you see, you let Brady go and blah, blah. Like, you just won six Super Bowls because of this guy and all this stuff. And then he leaves and you're like, oh, I miss Tom so much. This is so hard to watch. <laughs> let as a me Patriot go root for like, him. Like, <laughs> seriously, like, please cry. Like, crawl up in a ball and cry that you're six super, with your six rings on your two hands that Tom Brady left you. Like, give me a break. Seriously, yeah. They sold out completely for Tom Brady, and I don't feel bad for them. Not at all. My number three, pretty obvious. I got the Dallas Cowboy fans. They are unbearable. Uh, You're surprised. Yes. Yeah. I think you'll figure out who my one-two is. Okay. They're they're unbearable, right? They just, just, you know, you know how they are. You walk around in Massapequa, New York, and you got Cowboy fans everywhere because Mm -hmm. they're all frontrunners from when – the they 80s, were good when the they were actually in the 90s. 30 years ago. And fans will be like, oh, well, we were good then, but you weren't even a fan or you weren't even yeah. alive when it happened. And it's just, they're, they're unbearable. They're unbearable people. And can we please strip the America's team yeah, label please. from them? Yeah. That's I mean, also if you're America's team, it's kind of like the David Wright Captain America thing. Oh, like, here we go with like, David you got to be able to, like, <laughs> I don't know, win or, like, be in the playoffs. How, how many. How many playoff wins do they have in the past, like, 30 years? I, I think you could count it on I one hand. I think it's a handful. I don't think it's much, yeah. I don't know the exact number, but Not you're 30, actually – you're 20 years. You're right about it. It is 20 years. And you're right about it. Like, you want to be America, – like, the Patriots technically should have been America's team. Yeah. I mean, makes sense. Because they win. Number two, taking a shot at you here. And I think, I think it's obvious. And, and you complain about them a lot, Yankee fans. And listen, a lot of Mets fans are just unbearable, and they're annoying, and they're stupid. But you got a lot of Yankee fans, and I'm the older crowd where they'll call up WFAN, and they're like, you got to trade this guy, you got to fire that guy, this guy sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's sometimes it's unbearable. And then, you know, you got the younger guys, oh, 27 rings, 27 oh, rings. So you, you and your brother, you guys are definitely not bad Yankee fans. I always say that. But you, you, some, of your, some of your crowd is not good. Um... My number two is also the New York Yankees. Uh, <laughs> and this is like my team, right? So I think I really almost put them number one because I I get it. Like in my head, 95% of Yankee fans are like full-blown idiots. Like <laughs> I don't know how they have a high school diploma, like full-blown morons. Um, Like you said, this, the stuff I hear on the radio and, oh, yeah, well, oh, if if George was around, then blah, blah, blah. If George was around, apparently the Yankees would have the, the AL All-Star team yeah. right now. And they'd have, you know, ring number 40. $40 um, million dollar payroll. Yeah. But I can't tell which one's worse. If it's the old heads or the younger kids. They're both like, 
neck and neck because the the younger kids are the more like overreact like oh my god like spoiled yeah like like i was just ranting about how bad I, like the product is that's on the field right now this is what happens a year uh, i mean a game into the season like we were talking about opening day people booing john carlos stanton and and calling for the yankees to trade everybody yeah, trade aaron judge and blah, blah, blah. like as, as New Yorkers, we're automatically impatient people. But, like, my God, get a grip. Like, <laughs> holy crap. Um, so, yeah, they're my number two. And my number one, you already said, I'm, I'm surprised they weren't your number one. Dallas Cowboy fans. Right there with Yankee fans, like, front runner. The only thing that the Yankees had to back them up is, like, they, they won 12 years ago. They've been in the playoffs all the time. Like, they're still a successful powerhouse team. The Cowboys suck. And, oh, my God. they're fa- How many times do you hear, oh, this is our year mm-hmm. from Cowboy fans? Yeah. Oh, this is our year. And, oh, oh, if, oh, if Dak didn't get hurt, oh, we'd be in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. <laughs> Ignore the fact that our defense gives up 35 points a game. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Front runner, the whole nine yards with the Cowboy fans really, really can't stand them. And there's not – on Long Island, there's a lot of them, but I haven't had to deal – like none of my really close friends are Cowboy fans, but I've had conversations, whether it's when I was in high school or blah, 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 or on Twitter or whatever with Cowboy fans, and it'll it'll knock your IQ down a couple points after <laughs> talking to them, I'll tell you. Yeah. All right, let me hear the big reveal. Number one, and let me say this. I respect the passion, and I I respect the city, especially after just being there. But Philadelphia fans, not just one team. Oh, you're just going. All four. (laughs) They're brutal. It's unbearable. Philly fans, Eagle fans. I don't know about Flyers, 76er fans. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible people, aggressive, mean, disgusting. But they're passionate, and I respect. I can respect yeah. that. Yeah. But I'm on Twitter, right? And I follow a bunch of guys on WIP over there. Mm-hmm. This is the Phillies' year. You know how many, you know how many oh problems God. the Phillies have? Like, the Phillies Why, need... their bullpen went two games without getting absolutely rocked? The Phillies probably need a, a star center fielder. Another, two more starting pitchers. Two more starting pitchers, and probably... A closing pitcher. Four relievers, yeah. maybe? Yeah. So if it's the Phillies' year, Dave Dombrowski, you better be working up some <laughs> magic in the trade deadline. So if that's my number one right there. I almost the Eagles were the team I was thinking. I wasn't oh, thinking about get to the Eagles, putting the whole city. Yeah, I put the whole city. <laughs> Everybody, unbearable. You could have just, just done top five and just cut out number five and just done the Philadelphia one through well, four. Well, that's why. That's why I didn't. That's why I yeah, just put all, all right, Philly I fans. appreciate you doing that. Yeah, I almost put the Eagles, but what I gave them is. At least they have some ammo now, Eagle fans, that they can talk that, about. Yeah, they that, won the that's Super what Bowl. they needed. <laughs> but, like, like, with the Cowboys, like, they haven't done anything. Yeah. You say respect the passion of the Eagle fans. Like, all I hear is, oh, like I said, blah, blah, blah. It's our year. It's our year. And, like, they don't even – they probably don't even know what the starting quarterback is, half of them. Yeah. They, they just like the, the, the star The star. Logo they the that they can wear and the hat and They got everything. their Troy Aikman jersey. What I think of a typical Cowboy fan looks like is – Guy in his 30s wearing a sideways flat Cowboys hat, oversized, uh, yeah, Tony Romo jersey with his oversized jean shorts yep. and his uh, ankle socks with his his Jordans on, like like, you know, t- 
Typical old douchebag, thirty year old douchebag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah okay. Chin strap, <laughs> the whole nine yards. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> let's segue right into football from that. Talking about cowboy fans, um, the Giants are rumored to have been having internal discussions about trading down in the draft. This would be an absolute massive surprise, considering Dave Gettleman has not traded down in any draft in eight years of being his general manager. I don't like it. What do you think? I don't like it either. I actually thought, if anything, they should trade up. Yeah. And I heard a li- some rumors recently about them trading up. That's why I was shocked to hear this one, that they might trade down. Um, where do you think they would trade down to, though? That's the thing. Maybe Like, 15, if, if a, if a like... Sertain's on the board or, or Rashawn Slater falls, like, someone's going to try and... Well, if Slater fell, I... Parsons... Well, they should draft... Yeah, they, they should, should draft, draft Slater if he falls. But, I don't think he will. I don't think he's going to either. But I'm thinking, I yeah, I don't even know where they would trade down to. But I would just stay at 11. And if Slater falls, obviously you take Slater. He's the second best offensive lineman in this draft. Right. But Elijah Vera Tucker, out of USC, he's an offensive guard. You can move him outside if you need. I think so. Tackle. I think someone's going to overdraft him. I I, I hope it's the Giants. At my 11. hot take is I think someone might take him over Slater. Wow. Because of his versatility and everything like that. Well, if that's the case, then I, I would love that. But Look out for the Chargers, actually, to take him. If the Giants don't, yeah. The Giants are picking in front of the Chargers? Yeah. Yeah. The, the If the Giants don't take him, I definitely see that because they can use anything. They're the Chargers. They can use any help on the offensive line. But the Giants, we've been talking about it. I don't care what it is. They just got to go offensive line. Please don't take I was, a wide receiver. I was going to say, I think Gettleman's going offense, though. I think it's yeah. – it's, it's pretty much a done deal that he's going to go offense. I think if he trades back, he's going to take an edge rusher because there's no edge rusher that they can take at 11. I think if they stay at their pick, the only guy I could see them taking defensively is Parsons. Right. Like, Sertain, I don't, I don't really think, you know, they have a number one corner. I don't and they have a number two corner. Yeah. Uh, who's their number two? Adore Jackson. Oh, right. Well, we'll see how he plays. And out. they have Darnay Holmes. Like, they don't, they wouldn't be worth taking. It's not that love kid. Yeah. Is he, is he good? He's all right. And they have McKinney. I remember he was hyped up out of college. Like, that was like a steal of the draft. For the yeah. Um, yeah, McKinney, 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 McKinney only played like half the year last year, right? McKinney's way too small. Yeah, he, he got hurt in the beginning of the year. He's playing strong safety, though? Uh, Yes, I'm almost positive. All right. Peppers can play all over the place, right? Yeah, Peppers was great last year. Yeah. They, gotta, they actually have to extend Peppers. Yeah. They'll do it when the cap goes back. But, yeah, I, I think that they'll take an edge rusher if they trade back. I don't know where they would trade back to, but if they did, they would take the edge rusher because there's nobody worth taking at 11. Like Jalen Phillips out of Miami, yeah. he's got some off-the-field issues. Parsons might fall because of that. Yeah, I heard he's got some off-the-field like character issues yeah. or whatever. Which is why I kind of don't think the Giants will take him at 11 if he's yeah. there. Which I'm kind of like starting to say, okay, you know what? Bad culture, not not yeah. needed. So I would go offensive line which, there. Which, that's an underrated thing. Um, like a lot of people, it's either people will be like, no, I'm not touching you. Like, if you have character issues, or it'll be like the Dallas Cowboys, or seem like they're the factory of, hey, you have character issues, come play for us. You're a you criminal, know? yeah, come yeah. On. Alden Smith and Randy Gregory <laughs> and all these guys that they've signed or drafted or whatever. Um, but like that kid Isaiah Wilson, the Titans tackle that they drafted. Oh my god, what is he out of football now? And he that was a rookie. Guy, yeah, he went to two teams or maybe even three. I think he had like a practice squad or something. He got traded. He was with. The Titans, they traded him to the Dolphins, 
they swapped first round picks. They were like right by each yeah. other. And the Dolphins said, "Do you want to like rehabilitate your life?" Because he was just you know, yeah. Just, and, he, and then he got re- he got arrested, gun charge, drunk driving, whatever. Some of these guys just I don't know. They think smoking weed and drunk driving is more important than their careers. The funny thing is about the Giants is that they will not take the guy with a bad character issue, right? Like they, they'll stay away from the guy. And you know what? Listen, I'm I'm okay with that because right. but they'll have guys like Odell who kind of mess up the locker room a little yeah. bit and other guys that they have to trade away. Meanwhile, if they would have just taken like a Laramie Tunsil yeah. that year where he fell and he fell to the Giants. That thing was so overblown. It was so overblown. Like, what percent of the NFL smokes weed in the first place? At least over 50%. I'd say over 50%. Like, the amount of players that have come forward post-retirement been like, oh, yeah, I was high for every... Like, uh, Percy Harvin yeah. said he got baked before every single game. Well, even they'll they'll use it to recover if they have a bad yeah, injury. Yeah, exactly. So, Did they approve it, the NFL? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they did. Can't, they don't you don't can't get suspended anymore. for yeah. it anymore. So, the, like, the Giants not taking him there... Kind of that, you know how many issues would have been solved if they would have just taken the yeah. franchise left tackle, yeah. you know, however long it was ago. So I think they'll stay away from Parsons, but we'll see. I mean, listen, we'll see what happens. And the Jets, I mean, I think it's guaranteed, right? At this yeah, point. I think if anything, it's more interesting to talk about the Jets' twenty third twenty third pick because obviously it's going to be a quarterback their pick, um, and I think it's pretty obvious that it's going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, I think it would be a complete shock if they took anybody else. Yeah. More than that, honestly. Um, the only other pick that would be more of a shock is if the Jaguars don't take Lawrence. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, do you see he's like already thanking like Jaguar fans, like donating yeah. to his charities and I, like he's the it's guy's probably down. got. A, uh, he's already looking at houses in Jacksonville. The house probably already bought in Jacksonville. Yeah. He's just waiting to sign the uh, the papers. Twenty um, third, though, I think the Jets. I mentioned Wyatt Davis. That would be a nice pick for them. He's a guard out of Ohio State. Um, please no running back. Just please no I running back. I think the back. pick is obvious. I'm going to be honest with you. If they, Unless they love Wyatt Davis enough to take him at 23, best defensive player available. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, an interior defensive player. Yeah. <laughs> they have plenty of those. <laughs> no, they could, use a, they could use a backer or, yeah, a like corner. you said, a corner. The they only definitely thing, the only thing I can see them – that they don't need is free safety right. or strong safety, whatever they choose to do with Marcus May this year, because I know they like to bounce him around. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. The O line still has a long way to go. I don't know how they're going to address that. Uh, wide receiver, I don't think they need to go there. They have three solid wide receivers now. You drafted Mims last year. They'll probably draft one in the third or fourth round. But yeah, that's more of a depth thing, and they they need starter. They need basically starters at some positions. Yeah. Um, the running back, I think they should take a running back, like you but like you just said with the receiver, like third or fourth round. Do not take a running back with the first over uh, with the first round pick, their second first round pick. Um no, take it second pick. Take uh Najee Harris. Oh yeah. Paul Giants. No, the amount of Jet fans that want them to take Travis Etienne at twenty three, like there are lots of that. And I am like when I tell you I would be shocked, I would be almost as shocked if the Jets didn't take Zach Wilson as if they didn't take as if they took a running back on the twenty third pick. That's how shocked I would be if they actually did it. Because I think we know Joe Douglas's philosophy and he's very O line, D line conscious. Which is the right way. Build the D yeah, exactly. Um so a running back like that, he might help your offense, but 
he's not going to help your offense as much as if you drafted him with a great old line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he can only do so much. Look at he, Saquon. He can't block for himself. Exactly. Look at Saquon. And Saquon gets banged up and everything. I don't know if that has to do with his old line or what it is. But Definitely could be something. It could, Yeah, it could have something to do with it. And that. I think ETN, I don't know if I would do it in the second round. I think ETN will be there in the second round with that with that pick. But they, I they'll see, have to. I could see one of the – I don't, I don't see – I see maybe the Steelers taking Harris with the 24th pick. I think he fits their style a lot better, Harris, than Etienne, the Steelers. Right, but I'm saying, like, there's not a lot of teams that need a running back. Yeah, I could see someone trading or even just surprising people and taking – like, we didn't really think Edwards Alaire was yeah. going to get picked by the Chiefs last year. No, you're right. If I would say if the Buccaneers didn't re-sign Fournette, yeah. I'd say, okay, maybe they'll – take etn at the end of the draft but i don't i don't i still don't think they will so that'll be interesting so next week we're gonna do something really cool we're gonna do we're gonna have our own mock draft so we're not gonna know who we're picking yeah so i'll have the first pick i'll go you know whoever i take jm goes and we're gonna keep going jm picks a player let's say he has parsons going to detroit but i pick him with the pick before him well i gotta go with another player it's gonna yeah. be a real draft real mock draft we'll do that next week um when we record next week the draft is a week from tomorrow it is on yeah, thursday the 29th what? 29th so and it's in person and it's in person zach wilson's zach gonna wilson's be there going baby he's gonna look nice with his jets hat on yeah it's gonna be cool i'm Mormon, actually so happy it's in person mormon mahomes gonna be looking good with that jet jersey <laughs> oh, i'm hearing a lot it was an anonymous scout that came out the other day and said like He's gonna be terrible with the Jets. I was like, all right, you know, what? come on. No, nobody and then, really. And then knows. there's an anonymous scout that says he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So nobody we'll knows. see how it plays out. No one's gonna give a crap about what Joe Schmo said three years from now. Like no one's gonna remember and whatever. Uh, like we always say, if you have your your guy, you have your guy. Uh, and if the Jets coaching staff loves him, and and it's not like this is like Mac Jones we're talking to here where they're gonna overdraft it like. He's the consensus number two quarterback now for a lot of, not everybody, but for a lot, a lot of people. And some people even have number one. Crazy. but Chris Sims, who has been like the QB whisperer the past couple of drafts, actually has a number one. So that's oh, encouraging. But let's see if his hot streak continues. I hope so. It's, um, I think he's, the. I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's number two in everybody's eyes. Yeah. Because I think if the 49ers could have traded up to two and take him, they would have. Mm-hmm. But the 49ers, man, they can really screw this up. I mean, they can really – if they take Jones, they – I think it's a smoke screen, I'm telling you. I really so think do it's I. I think it's Lance. Screen. I'm me telling too. you right now, I think it's it Lance. It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. They say Lance is a project and all that stuff. Okay, they they can deal with the project, the Niners. They're not trading Jimmy G. Yeah, they 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 they're, were very vocal about how they're keeping Jimmy G this year. So Even Fields, Fields, Fields to me makes more sense than Jones. Yeah. Like, I think it should be Lance. I think it will be Lance. But if if you told me they took Fields, okay. Right. Justin Fields, athletic, can make throws on the run, nice arm. But it, it makes sense. Yeah. But I think that would be – I think Lance in uh, – why am I blanking on his name? Shanahan's offense yes. would be would be something special. And the top ten – what are the chances five quarterbacks go in the top ten? Oh wow, that's a lot of quarterbacks. Top um, three, hundred percent. Top three. I don't see a scenario where the Falcons take a quarterback, you don't. so I'm going to scratch them all. Okay. Uh, 
because they're going to have the best non-quarterback on the board. You know, why would they? You know, unless the, unless they have, let's say they have Trey Lance as their best quarterback prospect, um, out of you know Wilson and Fields and Jones and him, and he's there. Maybe they're like it's like a Jordan Love situation. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, let's go. Which, by the way, who knows what that's going to be like? The Packers <laughs> are rumored about trading up Jordan. and trading Jordan Love. Um, I'm gonna say it's it's you know less than fifty percent chance that that happens, but the only way it's gonna happen is is if at least one, maybe two teams trade into the top ten. I think if uh if a Lance or even a, like a Mac Jones, if yeah. one of them falls to Denver, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver went quarterback. Yeah. Okay. And then you need a team to trade up. Right. I so think I Detroit know. should be looking at a quarterback. I really think they should. Really. And I don't know if you saw this. Some like Detroit podcast or somebody yes. tweeted something. <laughs> and the name of the article or episode, whatever it was, which they should probably just stop their their <laughs> podcast. Um, is Jared Goff the best quarterback in the NFC North? They should have just put, is Jared Goff the best quarterback in the NFC North? No. And that, that would be the episode, the name of the episode. Like, it should be, is Jared Goff the third best quarterback in the end? Like, the league MVP, one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen, is in the division. Like, did he die? Like, I, I wasn't aware of this. And it's Jared Goff, Mr. Sean McVay's a genius, and I can't throw 25 touchdowns in a season. I'm right, a game manager. You were right. You're in a ranty-type mood today. Yeah, well, I'm on edge because Yeah, really, but no, um, you're 100% correct there. I think that these people, they have to just do it for clicks. Yeah, like, like why else would you make an article like that? And congratulations, you're getting reactions out of people. But I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't listen to the podcast. I don't even, no. I couldn't tell you the name of the podcast anyways. No, I, I, I can't remember tell it was some it was in... stupid Detroit podcast that if I ever see them again, I'm not listening. Because obviously, they have a five-year-old running their PR team or whatever. I think Cousins is better than them. Yes. I don't think that's like a hot take. He's not even like a top 20 quarterback. No. He's not. He's below average. And they, and I was listening to, I was reading some mock draft, and they were like, "Well, if Jamar Chase is there, they got to give Jared Goff a weapon. Why? Jared Goff's just a bridge quarterback. Why are you? Why are you getting? Why are you making it you don't a need thing Jared, to give Jared Goff weapons? <laughs> right. Like, why do you have to give Jared yeah. Goff a weapon? Like, you're gonna be bad. So just take the best available yeah. player. If Chase is oh, the best available player, take him. Because he had no weapons in. Yeah. In Los Angeles, Cause right? Because that, that's going to help. That year that they had Todd Gurley and Cooks and Cup and Woods, yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't have any weapons. Um, so I'm very interested to see how this um, the top the top ten is interesting because you got it the is. three and the, but you don't know who's taking. You don't know who the four nines are taking, yeah. and then four, five, six, Pitts, Chase. You know, I have a, just a funny feeling about the Patriots still. You think I think, I think Bill up? Belichick's got something up his sleeve. Do you? honestly believe that he's sitting there with a straight face and saying cam newton's no. my quarterback no because he i think he's too smart for that if guys like know. me and you he, can figure that he's, out we know he's like the strangest man on planet earth i feel like he doesn't believe in cam newton but at the same time he wants to prove how great of a coach he is that in a way he's like i know cam newton is bad but I, he's our quarterback because I want to show you all that I can win without Tom Brady and, and an elite quarterback. I can turn this injury-prone 30-something-year-old quarterback and 
win the division or whatever. Like he's just he's a strange dude, and he's he hasn't been as great of a head coach as Bill Belichick is. He's arguably the best ever. He's not a he's not a great GM. It's, it's he hasn't hard. he hasn't made great trades and signings in recent history, for sure. That's why Bill. That's why Bill O'Brien got fired. Not to compare the two. Yeah. Like Bill O'Brien was a terrible general manager. Yeah. You, they gave him too much control. I mean, you really can't take like, the like, control like away from Belichick, though. Like you gotta stick to you know one one thing. Yeah. You can't be the GM and the coach. Maybe you you have a GM that doesn't have as much power as he does in other organizations because a coach is chiming in a lot like a Belichick. Well, that's what they have in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer has yeah. all, almost all the control. Which there. I don't understand that at all. Me and you disagree there. I'm a big Urban Meyer guy. The guy hasn't coached a single game in the NFL and you're, you're going to But he just let knows him talent. Sign pe- but he just he, he can spot talent out like nobody nobody else has ever done. He's a phenomenal talent evaluator. Yeah, but he can, spot, he can spot talent in college and everything like that. But what about in the NFL he spots, you know, chemistry and you're not you're not teaching college kids who aren't making any money right now you're a lot of egos in the nfl so you're arguing basically the transition like you don't know if the transition's yeah. good yeah i i, I like I nick saban you. was a great uh he's a great college head coach but he wasn't a great head coach in the nfl yeah i i understand i understand your point i just i think he's so i think he's i just so don't good. get like you can't the guy's proven tons as a college football coach he's proved not a thing as a nfl coach so why would you give him that much control yeah it may, makes sense but you gotta do what you gotta do to get him get him to sign with you yeah, so yeah. let's let's go to save it or hate it money in this face basically in power yeah. let's go to save it or hate it we're gonna it's gonna be baseball related this week i'm going to go first um my save it or hate it is moving the mound back one foot that's being done in the Atlantic League, Long Island Ducks. Shout out! Uh, they're doing that there. That's like their test test dummy. They test all these crazy rules out. So they're moving the mound back one foot. What do you think? Um, hate it. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's really the. There's problems with baseball right now. I don't think it's like you know we should start panicking. But in terms of the the quality of the gameplay, there are we do have some problems. I don't think that's gonna fix it. Uh, that's also gonna mess up a lot of things. Like, how are you gonna tell these guys that are major league baseball pitchers who have mastered their craft that oh hey you're you're a foot back now? Uh, it is, it's only a foot, but that's a big deal in baseball. Like a foot is a foot. Uh, that pitch that brushes at the knees is now going at the guy's shins. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, I hate that. And I'm, uh, I've made it clear. I'm not a traditionalist in a lot of things, but that is something that would definitely bother me. So I'm going to, I'm going to hate it. What, what was your, uh, view on that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I hate it. Um, I, I don't think they've touched the mound in over a hundred years. No, they haven't moved it back in over a hundred years. So you're like you said, there are other issues. Like there are too many strikeouts and there's too many home runs and there's too many walks. You need more action probably go a different route yeah. because this will obviously hurt the pitcher. I think if anything, it's like bad for both sides because I think, I don't think it'll make much of a difference from like a velocity standpoint. You know what I mean? In the beginning, maybe a little bit, but, but, but I think it'll, so I don't think it'll like favor the hitters that much, but I also think it'll hurt 
the pitchers in terms of the quality of the game too because you'll see guys struggling with control or it'll turn into a mental thing with them and you'll see a lot more walks and whatever but like I don't think you're gonna see you know the, like strikeouts go down a ton and the ball's way more in play now like I think a lot of it just has to do with the philosophy of the game now pitchers pitchers are staying low 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 in the zone the whole philosophy is don't throw anything high keep you know keep low in the zone um and that's where you're getting all these golf swing uppercut swings out of guys that are home run or nothing and it's all about launch angle and everything um so my save or hate it is we i kind of like the way we went here we 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 never tell each other what we're gonna do this is authentic and we tell each other right on the spot Mine's kind of in the opposite direction of you. It has to do with pitching. It's MLB-approved foreign substances for pitchers to use. So, like, uh, you know, there's controversies about pine tar and all these substances that these pitchers use on the mound. But MLB-approved, something to help them with the grip or whatever it is. I'm going to save it. And if you ask hitters, they'll actually tell you, yeah, they like that. Yeah. Because it's it's more control. Mm-hmm. They're they're not as wild, so you'll it's more. The pitchers will have more control, right? So, I'm gonna save that. And listen, you suspend guys. You know, you you find things. Michael Pineda with the pine tar literally yeah. on his neck. So like, they're using stuff. Like I think Trevor Bauer. Obviously, Trevor Bauer. Yeah. They took the ball. They Cole's were, name has been thrown around. That Cole's too. name. I think like I think everybody is. I don't think everybody is, but I think a lot are. So, it's almost like, I don't know what to compare it to, like, as a hitter. Yeah. But. Like, you're not, like, you're not, like, you're not, like, corking the bat, like, with hitters. Like, it's not that much of a difference. It's just a little, like, like, they, technically, there is an MLB-approved foreign substance. That rosin bag, which is, pitchers say it's useless in cold weather because it's just, like, powder on your... But when it's wet, you know, when it's hot outside, it gets wet and it's sticky and you can use it, right? Um, but I think just to put an end to all this pine tar exactly. crap and controversy, like... Meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Let them use an approved foreign substance. The MLB could... If it's an approved foreign substance, it's not going to be as strong as, like, pine tar is where all the their spin rates, they're throwing spitballs and their curveballs are breaking, you know, 10 feet. It's not going to be, like, a huge, huge thing. But something to give them a little more grip, and especially in those cold weather games where they have absolutely nothing, and we see, like, tonight Corey Kluber walks four people. Maybe if Corey Kluber has a foreign substance, he only walks two people, and and you're, you're seeing the ball put in play more. And But I think a con... I'm, so I was, I'm saving it, too. I think one con to it, though, is strikeouts. You think strikeouts are going to go up? Yeah, because higher spin rate... Higher velocity, higher break, more strikeouts. Yeah, but again, I feel like if they're if they are using foreign substances right. already, that's you might as well have control over it. You might as well at least know what's going on. It's, it's unknown. It's like we don't know. If you told me right now that every pitcher is using pine tar or whatever, then I'd be like, oh, then strikeouts aren't going to go up. They might. Yeah. They're probably actually going to go down. Right. Um. But it's just like with the the steroid era where. Every, you know, they said half the league was on steroids, but you're like, eh, who knows? We only know the guys who got caught. And they knew about it. It's the same kind of thing. And they knew about it for sure. Yeah. So that'll do it for us this week. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. And, again, next week, draft week, 
we will be doing our mock draft special and of course getting everything else that is uh newsworthy that week jam anything to say no very excited for next week's episode yes the draft is the draft's one of my favorite time one of my favorite nfl events of the year so i absolutely cannot wait so again thank you very much and we will talk to you next week